we're not that far okay. off. It's really all about the the microphones. And I think we've made a huge step forward by getting these beautiful Yetis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel totally professional now. I feel this is legitimate business now. Oh, 100%. We just got to get that Casper money. Yeah. And uh, yeah. oh. so I got to tell you, I actually I cheated on you uh, last week. I I got interviewed for a podcast and... <sighs> Yeah. Um I, I recommended your I recommended your name though, so he might be uh he might be calling you. I think he's trying to stay away from from product people and talk only to quote kind of growth people. That's the niche he's trying to do. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. He's got a good list of he's a local Toronto um local Toronto guy and uh his name's Ramil and it's sort of just a podcast where he interviews a bunch of growth people from from toronto and you know it's pretty good like he's got good production value and um i was he's got two episodes out i think i'm on episode number five or something but he did it right like he he recorded six episodes before he launched now he's like slow dripping the six out every week and he's um you know then filling more of them so like he's he was doing everything right so i gave him a i gave him a shot and yeah, it was it was interesting. It was fun to kind of. Um, I, I don't you guys uh, talk about just wrote that hubba. Uh yeah, kind of like my I guess like the, my philosophy of growth. Like he, I think the person before me was uh, Sylvia Chang, who's the head of growth at Five Hundred Pixels, and mm-hmm. she's you know Google like ex Google ex. Um, uh, can't remember. She worked at a consulting firm and stuff. So. She talks a lot about, you know, very like um, systems thinking and frameworks and like growth frameworks, like very uh, almost uh, kind of a scientific approach to growth. Whereas like my focus is really on more like developer growth, like the best the best tool set you can have as a growth person these days is kind of a developer's toolkit. And obviously I'm biased because that's that's me. So I kind of espouse those truths and. Um, but it's funny. I, I don't think he was ready for it because at the end he asked me the question like, "Hey, like, where can people find you online?" And I said, "Hey, I I have a podcast too with my my good friend Nick, oh. and it's called uh, Pencil oh. Problem." So I plugged it in the episode. So we'll see if uh, I have no idea what his audience is like. I, I'm sure it's not huge, but uh, yeah. Hey, that's our first little advertising. So in like two or three weeks, oh, wow. we'll uh, hopefully we'll get a big spike and get like seven more downloads. Oh. How many, uh, out of curiosity, how many listeners do we have? So I can't figure out how many regular subscribers we have, but we have, mm-hmm. like the app doesn't really do a good job of of telling me that. And that makes me think that Apple doesn't, it doesn't tell you how many subscribe, like it tells you how many, um, how many listens you have, like how many, um, so how many how many like listens do we have over the last episode? So the interesting like the, the stats are definitely going up, which is pretty cool to see. Now I don't know if this is like Google where you have a lot of bots or something like that downloading uh, these episodes, but we mm-hmm. are at we are getting um, around seventy views or seventy listens per episode. Oh wow! Yeah, and we've had uh, three hundred and eighty so far 
And I feel like we're blowing all of our chances for Casper, just so you know, by by going public. <laughs> um, and no, man. the Casper money coming to episode one hundred. You think so? I feel like we could get it. Maybe like I don't know. For some nah. reason, thirty-seven I... jumped out. I think we can get. It. Let's set. It, let's set a goal that by episode thirty-seven, we've got a we've got a sponsor. Sure. I, I think uh, it just can't be about that, man. Or it's going to it's gonna sully the whole thing. 100%. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, That's a problem. Well, man, I was about to introduce the show. And I don't know what episode we're on. I'm going to cheat here. Seven? <laughs> no, six. Wait, wait. I, think it, I think it's six. Oh, no, you're right. It's seven. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, all right. Well, welcome everyone to Pencil Problems. This is episode number seven. And Pencil Problems is a show where Nick and Kent talk about problems that sound important but aren't. And. Yeah, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's been a busy. It's just been a busy. Ah, busy, man. Like, we set this crazy growth goal at hubba uh, almost unrealistic but we're getting close to hitting it which is such a cool i mean we could do a whole episode on you know stretching yourself with crazy goals because i i tried to do that and then my boss gave me really which like i'm not gonna i won't use numbers but just flat out impossible when i first heard the goal like it's you know take what we're doing at 80%, 90% of our budget and and exhaustion rate and multiply by five and try to kind of sprint like that for two months. And the the interesting thing is like just the exercise going through, okay, let's pretend like our lives depended on this. How would we do things differently if we really did have to hit this goal has led to some really interesting decision making and, and prioritizations and um so uh yeah busy i've been up late up early uh it's been busy at home Mm. so just busy for me all around but how about uh how about you man how's life good man um did some trick-or-treating well we didn't really bunch of kids came baby was sleeping um work is work work is work i'm still trying to figure out that good balance of working and family life and uh Getting, getting there. I'm getting there. I, I feel like um, I just got to care a little bit less on on both fronts a little bit. Like I think I was getting really stressed out by feeling I needed to be super on at work and super on at home and uh, feeling like I couldn't drop any balls. And I think that was adding a lot of anxiety and stress in my life. And uh, accepting that that's not realistic uh, has made me feel a lot better about myself. And where, where do you feel like you're, you're – you're leaning. Um, what do you mean? Like home or work? Yeah. Home for sure. Good, good. Because the, 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 the baby's the baby's still a baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh so. man, it's it's so tough. Like I, I don't know if you've had this these moments yet. I think we we might have talked about this, but sometimes I I look around and I try not to judge people because you know you know you never know people's situations, but. You look around and you're like, you people are so, you know, like you or you see people complaining at work about being tired or, you know, complaining about, I don't know, something that's just mm-hmm. so trivial. 
and you know you have legitimate stresses that are uncontrollable like there are things that you just cannot control in your life like your your child you cannot control you don't have any say into day to day what this child is going to need slash feel slash when mm. you're gonna you know and it's uh i don't know have you had any of those moments like i had them a lot more when when jack and emma were much smaller because now i'm you know jack is a great sleeper and he's just a lot of fun and sure he has his moments but overall he's just a fantastic child and i'm very lucky and emma is uh same thing you know she's has her moments but overall we're so lucky i mean we we really got a good batch of of kids um but when they're young like they're just you know it's just it's tough like how do you do do you find yourself rolling your eyes at people's problems or are you better than less judgy than me uh there's moments i guess but then at the same time i kind of remember when i was maybe at that stage in my life or that age or whatever and you know the stuff you're doing then seems like super important or it is your world you know and you know it's just circumstances are different and you just got to reprioritize and reshuffle things but yeah i it, it, it's hard it, it's hard to judge and it's hard for them to even understand and comprehend this until they're at this point do you know right. what i mean yeah um but i'm like so much more efficient at work i think i'm all business at work man um but sometimes i think that's bad because like i'm not um just like hanging around talking to people a lot shooting the shit um because i just don't have as much time for that as i used to um and it's definitely value in in doing that um especially you know you're working in a very collaborative space and everything um but whatever man i just don't have the energy i don't have the energy i don't have the time for that and i got i got shit to do so um it is what it is and those are those are the things that are going to drop and it you know when life rebalances itself then i'll be back and it is what it is yeah i feel like you you and i are really similar in that vein because we are we're we're pretty social people or we you can kind of throw us into a situation and we'll have fun or you know uh like we're not I, I'm, well i'm not gonna say we're like the life of the party but we're we're definitely just i think we're fun people to be around like we can you know, shoot the shit, have good conversations, ask good questions, listen, all that jazz. So I, I do find that it was really, it was a lot worse at tilt because we had such a younger team and there's no way, like if I had have been in San Francisco, I never would have been able to, to keep up because it was very culty. So, I mean, people would stay at work till nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night, eat together, drink together, play video games together, go out together um that was just the the culture in san francisco and Mm -hmm. at hubba i think i kind of knew going in that i had a chance to almost reset a little bit and Mm. i i think i told you the whole like the west world like white hat versus black hat thing where i i kind of watching west world reminded me there's this like this beautiful moment in it where it's just it's just like you're putting on this this costume or this mask, right? Like you can be a really nice person in real life and then you just wear this black hat in Westworld and all of a sudden you can, you know, be this terrible 
person, but it's all pretend and it's all kind of a game. And inside you sort of know that this isn't, this isn't really who you are. You're just playing a role. And I, I felt a little bit of that at Hubba where I kind of went in, not like, not, not being myself, but just being less, actually maybe being more myself, let's say like less of a populist. I didn't try to, I was nice to everybody and I'm friendly, I think. And you know, just my nature, but I wasn't trying to like win friends or anything like that. I was like, Hey, I'm here to do a job. I'm here to do a great job. If we happen to be friends, that's great, but I'm not going to grab beers with you. I'm not going to go out at night. Like that's just not, that's never how it's going to be. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that. And I think everyone kind of knew that from the beginning, there was no expectation. So there was no FOMO and it kind of, but you're right. You you do sort of you feel like oh maybe maybe you're t- I'm too far on the other end where people don't even know that side of me. They probably maybe some people think I'm this like you know I don't know serious curmudgeon-y thirty two yeah. year old man. I, I have no idea. Um, and it's 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 really weird because like at Sago now you see like we've grown a lot now and you see all these like different groups form. So it's like you have everyone who's born after the year 2000 and they they kind of formed their own little crew. Whoa, 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 you know, whoa, whoa. People... Born, whoa, wait, born after the year 2000? Yeah. Yeah. We have like some really young people like fresh out of school. Um, they come in and some of some are interns, you know, some are maybe, yeah, or borderline 2000s, you know, they're, but they're, they're the youngins and they kind of form their own crew. They do their own thing. You have like some of the in-betweens and, um, you know, we have some crews that play like D&D together and stuff, but it's a lot, it's almost like separated by age, I feel. Like there's the group that like can go out, will go out. There's like the older group who have kids or something who are just like, yeah, I, I just don't have time for that. And there's like, I don't know, maybe like four or five different groups, I, I feel like. And these are little like clicks that have just like formed organically and um yeah it's, it's just interesting and, and you know i think that's just natural not natural selection but you're not i don't expect myself to be part of everyone's crew and i can be i'm professional with everybody i get along with everybody and we're like friends but i i'm not i i, I can't hang out with like five different crews yeah do you know yeah, what i mean yeah for sure and I think I think that's a okay, right? Um, and if you look at any situation, I think you'll see that. Even at Hubba, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people who are just like you, right? And a oh, whole yeah. bunch of people who are grabbing beers all the time, right? Yeah, it's a. I think it's a different. It's um, yeah. I guess it's stratified by age. At like Hubba's super interesting because we have a lot of. We really have a very. I mean, Hubba gets a lot of press for having a very diverse team. That's probably where most of our seo and backlinks come from is we a lot of people talk about how we're kind of doing things right from a diversity standpoint like we've got you know racial diversity religion like religious diversity age diversity gender diversity we, we really have a, a good mix of people and it does add a lot to the the team but it also in a way takes away from that social aspect of it whereas like at Tilt, everybody was very similar. Mm-hmm. We hired friends. We hired each other almost. 
and we mm-hmm. were the antithesis of of diversity. We were quite the opposite to yeah a lot of people's like chagrin, but but man, it was it was a family. It was like a it was a very tight knit group of people, mm-hmm. and you know if you've read that infamous article about uh, Tilden Fast Company, like yeah, we went to Tahoe for three days a year and essentially had like a a like a rager kind of a party. I mean, it wasn't an inappropriate, but I mean, we. You guys are broed out, man. It, we totally broed out. We did, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but but it wasn't, but it wasn't like anybody. Okay, that's not true. I know that certain people did feel quite uncomfortable and excluded yeah. at those things, but very few people did. I mean, it was kind of the it was the culture, and if, if you didn't, yeah. if you didn't like that, you didn't fit in. So yeah. it's like so. Actually, we we had a kind of a, like an ex, uh, uh, like a team leads dinner last week, and and somebody sort of semi-fresh to the company who is just an awesome person and uh, just great professionally and socially said, you know, the, the big problem with us is that we just, we're not that social. Nobody kind of drinks on Fridays. Like at his previous company, everybody kind of would grab a beer, you know, two or three mm-hmm. o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. Nobody, nobody really does that, even though we have a fridge full of beer. Um, it's just, it, we kind of have this more serious culture, I guess. And... Mm-hmm. We were trying to figure out, like, is that because our CEO doesn't come drink with us? Like, does it start with, you need, you need to get the executives coming in? And we don't know. Like, I mean, our CEO does drink. It's not like he's against drinking. It's just he's not sitting there cracking a beer at 2 mm-hmm. o'clock. I mean, he's probably, like, in meetings or he's, he's he's you know, we're, we're hiring some key roles right now. So he's, he's hardly even at the office. He's always kind of out interviewing people. Anyway, we we're trying to figure out, like, how do we fix this? And I don't know, I'm kind of of two minds because it's like, it, I don't know if you can really force this stuff to happen. Like it, it, it either does yeah. or doesn't. Like the people who want to drink together will kind of naturally find each other and the people who don't yeah. won't. And, you know, um, I, yeah. I, I, I feel like culture to me, I think does have to come from top down in a way. Like there's one person or two people like who are going to set that tone, you know, so for example, if your boss was drinking at like two o'clock, suddenly that means it's a okay to do that. And if he's going around talking to people and it's super casual and, and I think that sets a, a precedence and everyone kind of follows from that a little bit. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I don't think, I don't know if you can just like force a culture change. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think your, 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 your culture though is, tied to the people that you work with like the, the people are, are, are the culture right so unless you guys um say fired everybody and got like all like fresh grads or something it you you might not get a different energy like you're 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 getting people um it, it like your culture right now is a byproduct of the people who work there and yeah. i think i think it's like that at sago you know um we have a really good group of creative some some somewhat introverted people a, a lot of introverted people and you know so generally i think you come in when i first worked at sago it was weird because i came from ea and at ea it was like all young kids straight out of school right and it was probably like similar to tilt but everyone worked really long hours 
Um, and we kind of live at EA. We'd eat there. We'd play games there. We would um, obviously work there, play basketball, whatever. But everything revolved around being at EA all the time. And then working at Sago, it's like everyone, it's a really good work-life balance. So, you know, five, six, everyone's kind of out. Um, and it's a little bit more more quiet and stuff as well. And I found that really weird. And it's a really weird adjustment. I got kind of used to it. I kind of play music at my desk. It's all good. But we hired some new people and they brought that up. And they were like, oh, it's kind of, kind of quiet because I expected, you know, more people would be into playing music or something. And everyone is. But then everyone, if... If that's the state the state for too long, then I think everyone kind of feels awkward about it, or everyone looks at each other and thinks like, "Is that okay if I do that? Am I offending somebody else? Is yeah. it like that for a reason?" You know, and then it, it becomes harder to rock the boat, especially as you become, you know, the company's bigger, your influence. Then it's like, say, thirty people, and you have like one opinion. You feel like I don't want to rock the boat. If it was one person in a company of five, that's very different, right? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Well, and it, and it depends too on... So, again, at, at Hubba, we've we've prided ourselves on a, being a very diverse, inclusive culture. So, mm-hmm. we do... You know, we, we watch what we say. We, we don't try to offend people. We try to be as inclusive as possible. That, that's part of the Hubba culture. Mm-hmm. So, we're, you know, whereas, again, like that's new to me and I have to check myself because I'm, I'm not, I don't, I, I'm sure I've said some, you know, things that if I was being recorded 24 hours a day, I would regret, but I definitely, mm-hmm. I, I know that I'm the kind of person who could say something in, in total joking that somebody would find offensive. And that's, I'm not proud of that, but I just, I just know that that's kind of who I am yeah. and I, and I do. Yeah. So I find myself censoring a bit at, at Hubba because that's not the norm, um, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know how I feel about because I do feel like there's a few layers of communication. There's, there's kind of, there's the, there, there, there's like a, like, you know, there's the, 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 the dark web of the company where there's like a, there's a back channel, I guess, let's say there's, it's, um, and every company there's a back channel, but yeah at companies where you sort of have to be more on on point let's say the back channel can get a lot wider because there mm-hmm. might be a lot of people who aren't used to that and they need a place to almost have a safe space to talk about things in a more aggressive way and, and I'm, I'm not talking about you know anything uh, like th- this is all totally work related like even things like hey somebody on the you know dev team uh i don't know like uh i i reported a bug and they didn't seem that worried about it or like like something Mm -hmm. as trivial as that like at at other companies i've worked at the culture was you would sort of call out that lack of alarm like Mm -hmm. whoa like why are like how is this not freaking you out like we have to fix this right now and none of us can go home until we fix this. Like, this is crazy. This must be fixed right now. And that can kind of be seen as a little aggressive, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that's where I really have to check myself. Cause I have such strong opinions about certain things that I just like, if I start to feel like people are not 
taking this seriously or kind of here for a ride, I, mm -hmm. I could start saying things that would make me very unpopular very quickly, you know? So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's, um, like even with this, even with this podcast, like I, I've started, there's, you know, three or four people at work now that know about this and, and I was, I was more nervous sharing it with them than anybody else because mm -hmm. I'm still only six months there. So like a lot of people don't really know me. I mean, they know me, but they don't maybe really know me mm -hmm. and, uh, feedback's been good. Yeah. Feedback's yeah. been really good. But again, now that I know that a couple of them will probably hear this, I'm, yeah, like, am I, am I self-censoring a bit? Am I picking my words more carefully? And of course I am. I, I, I sent this to my coworker, um, Catherine, and she was telling me that her favorite part from, I think it was our last episode, or maybe the, the one prior where you were talking about being an Uber and suddenly pitching tilt to the driver by not pitching tilt, by just pretending you're on an important business call and then the driver being very curious about what you're doing and you're like playing hard to get, like, oh, not a big deal, not a big deal, really. Right. And you're like, I just work at this company till whatever. Yeah. Whatever. And then we're it changing, we're changing invokes the world. his curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of uh, likened it to maybe the pickup game where you're trying to pick up a girl or something at a club or a bar or whatever else. And for her, that was the most interesting part because it was – a more real side of, I guess, me that she doesn't normally see on a day-to-day -day basis. And she's like, she liked that part, maybe because she was into the gossip of it all. Um, but B, it just felt like this is an uncensored version of Nick that I don't normally see. Right. Um, but I, I do think like this censorship thing, I, it, I think it, it's everywhere. Like even like in the, what you mentioned before, like people are having these conversations on back channels about, you know, why isn't the QA person doing this or whatever, you know, I think it's, it's also bad if there's too many of those conversations happening, then I think that that is a problem. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if there's like 30 different conversations where everyone's talking shit about something else, um, but it's not in the open, then it, that's probably a somewhat toxic environment. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and yeah. And you have to, you have to check, you, you really have to check yourself. Why are you like, why, why are you complaining? Are you, because I, I think there are, there is two levels. And if you can, if you can have the, the, the awareness and the mindfulness to say, okay, I, I'm complaining because there, I do think there is something wrong and I see a solution and, I'm going to action that and I'm almost using you as a sounding board for the solution that I'm, a, that I'm going to try to action. That's mm -hmm. a very different uh, outcome. I think than the, f the kind of ego driven, almost gossip feeling you get when you can just basically put somebody down because they made a mistake that you, or some, or yeah. they made a decision you don't agree with. Um, which to me is, is very toxic. So like, do you agree? Like, I, I think that, yeah, I think like that, if, yeah. if, if you have like 10 different people kind of second guessing, you're like, why is Ken, why did he do that? But they won't say it to your face, but basically your whole team is thinking that then that's a problem, right? Huge, huge like, problem. Yeah. 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 Cause you know, you, you want an open environment where people can kind of 
openly shit on shit on each other a little bit you want to hear it you want to know so you can improve or maybe there's angles you're not seeing or maybe angles they're not seeing that you want to explain right um but if that goes on for too long then if that doesn't happen then they're gonna just second guess you or um you know you second guess them or something you know because they're not gonna feel vested in what what's going on you're you know you don't you have no idea why yeah Um, or or worse it creates kind of that siloing effect where you get you get people who just start kind of doing what they think is right without mm-hmm. communicating to other people. It's almost like if you guys had an idea for a game and you had this really core group of, like, imagine you had a group of a couple product people, a couple designers, and a few developers who all really wanted to go in direction A, but for some reason the company goes in direction B. Now this little group of people can they have all the skills they need to go actually mm-hmm. execute the idea. So mm-hmm. what's stopping them from just doing that? I mean, hopefully they would do it outside of work hours on their own time, bring it to the other team and say, hey, look what we've done. This is what we meant. Isn't this really cool? Mm-hmm. And But I think that the that's an optimistic way of looking at it. A pessimistic way is it can lead to a, a fracture where you know, you'll have them all leave to go start another company where they want to go build game A instead of game B. I mean, that, that's almost like the, yeah. the, the, the worst place that it could go. But, mm-hmm. um, and um, from, from what I heard, like I know Google was notorious for this with uh, when they were in that, I mean, definitely uh, a long time ago now, but, you know, you would have a, a growing profitable company going in all these different directions and you'd have teams of people that would just leave en masse. Like you'd have a whole team of six just leave and go mm. build this other thing that they basically got told they couldn't build at Google. And then nine times out of ten, Google would see what it was and be like, oh, okay. And then they would buy them back. And it was almost like this, like they called it like this management penalty where they would basically lose a bunch of people and then rehire them at a, at a a with interest because they didn't listen to their great idea and seeing it in practice, they decided it was great. And, and anyway, I'm, I'm not saying that like it, that's an extreme case, but um, and I think so, for, yeah. So yeah, go ahead. On, 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 so on like your team, for example, um, what, what, what do you do to kind of foster that um, open, transparent kind of environment and kind of get rid of a bit of the potential toxicity that could happen ah great great question i ran into this just today even so the there's a few ways that i i i'm very like deliberate about it because i do think that hubba is one of these companies where because of our size so we're about 60 people now we're at that very crucial point where you've got the kind of the old guard so people who've been there from day one you Mm -hmm. know four or five years you've got new people like me you've got um people in between and there there can be this and it's it's just one of these like we don't know what's going to happen we we're, we're growing really fast you know um we there's a lot of really positive signs but it, it's not a done deal yet it's not like we're putting billions of dollars into our bank account every month so you know the the, the stakes are high right so the the easiest thing to do which sounds so simple is just straight over communication so I even today on Slack, I, I had someone that I really respect 
kind of do something i don't want to say stupid but but uh, something that got me a little depressed because i really respect this person and they they okay so i i stayed up really late last night and i pushed out a, a bunch of updates to i won't get into it but i've we're, we're doing a lot of really cool stuff on the acquisition front and um i wrote an email to oh, i don't know 27 people i'm gonna say i i, I cc 27 people on this email and uh he kind of called me out in the morning and said wow like you like you know you cc'd half the company on this on this email and it, it's like yeah you know this is this is stuff that's going to touch everybody if it if it works and i i do want everybody's feedback or, or i want people to at least feel like i'm i'm open to a conversation and that um it, you you know like it, so even something that simple is just over community i would rather people come to me and say kent uh i i don't care about anything you're doing stop emailing mm. me what what you're what you're doing please it's not interesting it's a waste of my time um not not interested and i think that we we just have to do that more more often everybody should be telling everybody about what they're doing and um that's kind of just table stakes step 1 and then two is I just really try to lead by example where I, I, I try to be very direct with my communications to my boss, to my other team leads at Hubba, to the mm -hmm. other, uh, like we use, like, like I'm a director, so we have other directors of things and we're kind of like the team leads, I guess. So I try not to have back channel conversations. I'll just go directly to the person and, mm -hmm. um, you know, praise publicly and sort of um, give feedback privately, all those kind of things. And, um, and when I find myself, I try not to shit on people in front of my team. So, mm -hmm. but I, I still have to shit on some things to show them that I see it and that I'm with them and I, and I know it's crazy, but it always has to be constructive shitting or else you run the risk of losing credibility with your team too. So yeah, I don't know. What, what, what do you do? Yeah. Um, it's tough because I'm kind of on a lot of projects at, at Sego and I can't be fully present in every one of them. Right. If you know what I mean? Because we have like on any given time, we have maybe three apps that are going on. I might be fairly, I'd be kind of fairly involved with, at least one of them, like heavily involved. Um, and the other two, you know, is part of letting go also, and we can touch on that next time, um, but entrusting other people to kind of make, make calls and do, do, you know, what they're talented in and just trust that they're going to do, do what they're going to do. Um, but it's, it's tough a little bit because I, I'm part of like the Sago, I guess, like leadership team. Right. And, just because of that, because I kind of manage people and stuff now, I automatically am not part of a lot of conversations. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, oh when, yeah, or or you're, when, you're well, you you are part of conversations, but you're not at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or people might not want to talk to me directly yeah. about certain things. Or the, or, or, the, or they're, you they're know, talking like the back channel could be about what Nick said, 
Like, oh my God, yeah. can you believe what Nick said today in stand up? Yeah, totally. hundred percent, man. And that I'm, I'm sure that happens. Um, because like, you know, when I have to hear about something secondhand, um, that's not obviously not, not great. Um, but in any case, I try to have a good rapport with everybody. Um, the other part of it is just, it's less important to me about kind of communicating with me, but more about communicating within the teams themselves. So if we have three apps that are going on, my main focus is that you on the team have great communication. I'll have point people that I talk talk to on the, on the teams because I can't be part of every con- every conversation. Like, um, you know, there's dev stuff, marketing things. There's a whole design calls. Or, there's so many things that are just happening. Um, but it's more important to me that com- communication is super key within the teams themselves. And um, part of that is like setting up a bit of a structure where we give people, we have reviews of the app. We have like um, the ability for people to just shit on stuff. Like I, I openly encourage people to shit on things all the time. Um, we do these kind of internal external reviews where we give everyone um, a bit of, um, I, I, when I started this a, a while ago, we just asked people, we had an internal review in the room, we played the app and I was like, hey, so what do you guys think? Any kind of feedback, good, bad, whatever. And we would never get any bad feedback um, mm. because everyone's just super nice. Um, but instead what I did it was uh, I gave everyone stickies and asked people to write three things they like, three things they don't like. And for some reason, when you write it down on a sticky, it gives permission for people to be a lot more open because it feels a little bit more anonymous. Um, and then I would just read it out. So nobody would know who said what. It wouldn't feel like I'm anyone's attacking anybody. Um, or I just go in and I just comment on things like brutally honest. Like, I think this looks weird. I think that looks, that feels like it, that should be, you know, um, that's a little too much. We should dial that back, whatever. Um, but I try to make it known that I'm not doing it from a place of me attacking anybody. I'm not saying it because I think your work is shit. I'm saying it because like I care about the product and I, it's all about the product. And as long as it's from that perspective and everyone knows it's from that perspective, I think that's totally okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I love the, the kind of the anonymous pseudo anonymous sticky thing. I mean, like that's such a simple way around it. And, um, mm-hmm. My boss actually did a similar thing. We we did like a, we've we've done a few kind of big group brainstorms, and she was really, um, yeah, like she would bring in like construction paper, and people would just write ideas on construction paper, and then, you know, she'd put them up, and you know, we'd kind of have like cards and stuff. And at first, I I wasn't sure how that would go, and and it definitely, even though you can kind of remember whose idea it was, or you can tell their writing or something like that, it it just removes the scorekeeping of my idea versus this person's idea and mm-hmm. uh, kind of, I wouldn't say it anonymizes, it just sort of like democratizes or it levels mm-hmm. every, everything a little more. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that the, like what you said though about you have to watch for that, that kind of toxic culture. I, I yeah, I, I, I worry though that 
you know, or I, I read those stories of, you know, the famous like Jeff Bezos, you know, Steve Jobs, like even Bill Gates, like all these, you know, famous CEOs and uh, obviously tech CEOs because that's kind of our game. And, you know, they were they were dicks and they ran their teams like crazy and everyone hated them. And and I, I think in my as I get more experienced, I, I can kind of really see the allure of that kind of management, you know, where you 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 don't really care what people think of you as the leader or as the the boss or as the your job is to perform your job is to produce the best game you can make or you know be the best marketing growth team you can be and if you're hated because of that who cares like that's the price you're going to pay for success there i have that mind that's always kind of running and then I have the other, well, no, like it's, that's the easy way out. It's easy to just, you know, it's like the, you know, you can, your kid does something wrong. Easiest thing you can do is just smack them. Easiest thing, you know, it requires Mm -hmm. no thinking. You have total power over them. You can just smack them and you've totally destroyed them if you go down that path. Right. So Mm -hmm. you like, where do you kind of fall on the, um, like, do you, do you want to be like, do you feel like it's important that you're liked as well as respected? Or do you think it only matters if you're respected? I think, I, I think the respected is more important. Um, it's not even, yeah, I think it's the respected. Like I'm not going to be friends with everybody. Um, but we're here professionally to get something done. And as long as that is understood, then you know there's it's nothing personal do you know i mean if if someone's going to criticize me but or i criticize somebody else it's not personal like you know you're 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 telling me because you care about the product and that's actually great like the fact that you're shitting on me about something it means that you actually care deeply enough to actually do that um if you don't do that then i i'm a little bit more kind of concerned like you really think everything's perfect you have no feedback you have no comments like this is the perfect app out there or this is you know the perfect thing you're making um so you know i i I think actually that feedback is good and it's important um but it's it's about i think fostering that environment where it's okay to to give that give and take that feedback right yeah and it's you know one of the things that are we had this really kind of, uh, I just want to say like very like advanced, kind of like wise beyond her years, director of people at, at Tilt uh, named uh, Kate, uh, Kate Jennison. And she, she led this seminar that, that at first when I read the seminar, I thought it was such kind of a hokey, almost, you know, one of those like management kind of book things where it was all about, you know, how to, how to give feedback. It was a whole, Mm -hmm. like we did like a day long seminar on how to give feedback. And it's one of those where it's so easy to kind of write off that it's all just common sense. But Mm. one of the big takeaways and when I, when I remember to do it, it, it's such a game changer is, and it's funny, I do it even with like my wife and, and with people in, in, in my life who I care about because it, you know, like the classic example in like the married life is, you know, you're you're eating dinner or whatever and and you're you know the your wife is quiet 
right? Or she's not responding to you or something like that. You're, you're, you're really excited about something. She could care less. And Mm -hmm. you might say like, wow, like, why are you so mad right now? And she's not mad at like, she might not be mad at all, but she's now mad because you've assumed she's mad. And where like the right answer is, Hey, you're really quiet right now. Um, is everything okay? Or, Hey, last night when I was talking to you, you were really quiet and that made me feel kind of uncomfortable or it actually made me feel a little embarrassed that I was so excited and you were so quiet. Mm -hmm. And, and then she might be like, Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, I have, I found out that I have to fire somebody. And honestly, like I was just thinking about how I'm going to do that. And I wasn't even paying attention. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, tell me about what you were excited about. And it's essentially like you, you just, you comment on the, the behavior, but very specifically the behavior, like you're almost like documenting it the way a journalist would document something. So this is no emotion, just the facts. Um, so another like great example is, you know, if you're like in a meeting and somebody is like on their phone, uh, on their, you know, like you're, you're giving this important meeting and someone's just like sitting there on their phone, Mm -hmm. you, you would say like, Hey Nick, you know, when in, in last week's meeting, or I've noticed that in, in, you know, in a few meetings when, uh, every time I'm talking, uh, you know, you, you go on your phone and it just sort of makes me feel like you're, uh, you know, not present or maybe don't want to be there or, or something mm-hmm. like that. I'm, I'm not doing it justice, but it's like, you just identify the behavior and tell them how you feel about that behavior. And if you do it properly, there's kind of no, there's nothing the other person can really say because it it is how you feel. You can't, change the way somebody feels whether it's right or mm-hmm. wrong and it just kind of lets you then have a, a, a more real discussion about a behavior like a specific behavior um mm-hmm. and i don't know have you like do you do do you, do you think about any of that stuff or does it kind of just come naturally to you like i i have to remind myself that because my first instinct is wow why is that person being so disrespectful Whereas you have no idea what's going on in their life right now. You have no idea why they're texting somebody. It could be that they're an asshole and don't mm-hmm. want to pay attention. Or it could be that they just found out that somebody really close to them died and they are, you know, texting about arrangements in an extreme case. Like you, you, you just have no idea. So, so yeah, I, I've, I've, I've approached this a couple of ways. Um, the same, this exact scenario. And in one case, I just stopped inviting this person to the meeting. And I'm like, okay, if you don't care enough, I didn't say anything to him, but um, I'm just my passive aggressive thing of like, if you don't care enough to be here and you're obviously not really present here, you're, I'm wasting your time and you're wasting everyone else's time. Um, so I just stopped inviting this, this person to the meeting. Damn. Um, and whatever, like, yeah. And so that was one approach. Did that and, work? Well, uh, this person has, is not at these meetings anymore. So, <laughs> um, and I, I feel like we're, the meetings are just as productive and maybe more because you're not like trying to cater to somebody 
to pull them in and get them involved. If they don't really want to be involved, then they shouldn't be there. Then it is what it is. I, that's the way I kind of see it. But I'm maybe I'm a bit of a dick, and I do think I'm a bit of a dick. But um, in another instance, um, I just said like, and I was totally honest. Like I, I was like, you're on your phone, but I also know that you are super kind of alert and you're bright and you you probably can manage five different things at the same time <laughs> yeah and and i on, i honestly actually believe that um but it's more the optics of it so if you're going to be doing that and someone's presenting something if it's me or someone else whatever it's the optics of it so even though you are hearing it all and you are digesting it all and you can contribute back and everything it's the optics of it and it just it looks maybe a little disrespectful right um so for that reason alone like we should probably try to dial that down um so i don't know i I've just, i just approached it a couple ways i guess the in the first instance um i let that run for a while i didn't say anything um but i could tell like this person wasn't engaged in the meeting at all so i really felt honestly felt like i was wasting um his, his time so i just didn't invite him and yeah but do you, but was there a part of you? So, you know, I, I think back to, you know, reading like that Steve Jobs book, his biography, and is there a party that kind of just wants to, in the middle of a meeting, be like, hey, Jim, stop being a dick, yeah. put your phone away, pay attention, you know? Yeah, and- so I, I've, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've called people in a meeting before. Like, one person was kind of just like drifting, and I'm like, hey, so. Um, Bob, what would what, you think about that? And just put them on the spot. Yeah. Um, and they'll they'll kind of laugh about it. I'll laugh about it, and we all kind of just laugh about it. Um, but the message and it's, is it's okay. But, but, the, but the message is delivered though that like you're. Yeah. Yeah. But I and I I, I don't mean it in like a malicious way. I kind of am in a way just like pranking them. Um. Are As you though? I would, but wait, like wait, are, but, are, but wait, I, I don't know if I believe you when you say that. Like, I think that's okay. what you, I think that's yeah. what you're saying. But I think there's part of you that, that, you know, like I don't know. Do, do you do you really believe that, or do you think that is your way of of calling them out? Uh it it depends. Like I, like the person I did call out in that situation was is I see her as my friend, and I think she sees me as her friend. So I think I can speak to her that way. Um, but it's like, if you were in the room, I would say, I would just call you all like that. And it would be kind of like, we, we, we could laugh about it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, but if it was someone who I wasn't at that level with, like we weren't kind of close, then it would maybe feel confrontational. Mm-hmm. You do like, I think you, I, I guess in that, for me, I just had to feel out that situation. I feel like if I called this person out right now, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be awkward, but you kind of do have to pick and choose like your battles and look at the person you are dealing with and are they sensitive to this or not sensitive to this? And, um, yeah, it's just, I guess, feeling that situation out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I, I, have you, have you ever done that? Yes, not, but not as much as I, not as much as I probably want to. Like I, I think I self center uh, a lot, and mm-hmm. Hub is pretty good. I mean, we just I'm just lucky. We've got a good group of 
we've had I've had one situation like that and I did it privately and very much like you I said hey look I get it some of these meetings are super boring but optically you you need to be you, you can't do that you you really need to be um, or really or you know what you actually can do that but it just reduces your power and you you just feel like people are gonna other people are noticing it if I'm noticing it and it just reduces your power like what I've noticed a lot of my tactics with with team members or if I'm trying to you know communicate something to somebody else is it's it's all about trying to um like remind people that they're they're like they're not a victim like so, like so many people I meet I, I feel like are, are kind of victims sorry like it's kind of going on a bit of a tangent but it, it I think it's along those same lines where like the reason why that person is kind of dicking off in a meeting or um, even being passive aggressive or maybe even the person who's back channeling is they people somehow feel like they're a victim so if you looked at who's the, who's back channeling the most in your company it's probably somebody who feels powerless and yep. they've created yep. this back channel because it it gives them a sense of of power so mm -hmm. they they're but they're actually a victim like they they feel like the company has wronged them their their peers have wronged them and their only respite is to go into this back channel where they can say things that they would never say to people in front of their face cuz they're they're actually kind of cowards they but the back channel gives them power right and mm -hmm. i guess because I've been in the back channel a lot. And I think in my early career, looking back, like, especially when I was at Top Hat, for example, like I left Top Hat in a really bad place. Like I just, I, I hated our CEO, um, just personally, professionally. Like I, I just, I just did not like him, but the more I've reflected on it over the years and the more I've sort of matured, I, I was really in kind of a victim pattern where I had a lot more power than I, than I thought I did. But I just let myself fall into this kind of victim mindset. Mm -hmm. And I was probably leading a back channel. Uh, and it was probably a good thing that I did leave because maybe I was creating toxicity. And whereas um, Hub is nowhere near that, but the, the there's, there's the seeds of different factions because of kind of like I said, like the old guard versus the, the new guard, let's say. And... Mm -hmm. I try to just sort of cut it with the sword of of truth, you know, or the the, the the sword of knowledge, which is let's just have all let's have as many of these conversations as we can in the open. And or or like if someone says something to me that's very let's call it like even controversial in a back channel, I would say, "All right, let's bring that person in." Like, would you say that to this person like right now if they were here? And what? Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. know, like, 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 that's a very, so I guess I try to live my, I try to live with the integrity, especially at a company where I might say some pretty intense things behind closed doors, but I would be more than happy to say it in front of whoever I said it about. And that's kind of yeah. my, that's sort yeah. of my, my bar. Like, I'm not going to say something that I would ever be embarrassed if the other person heard me say it. Um, yeah. and I think that if you, if, if you have that kind of a back channel, that can be healthy. If you, 
channel it the right way, but there's still a chance that it could go off the rails. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I do think like anything I would say in a back channel, I would say in that person's face. Like I'm just, I'm, but I'm very kind of open like that. Um, and maybe I offend some people. I'm not sure. Um, but everyone knows that they're going to get the realness from me. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it a lot. Um, and I, I think like, it's funny because, you know, classically you're supposed to give like a shit sandwich, right? So you're supposed to give a little bread, give like some harder, harder feedback, give another piece of bread. And you know, it's supposed to be like, Oh, you, you kind of like make a shit sandwich, you know, yeah. like good, bad, good. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not too good about giving out bread in general. And I don't, I think that's kind of just how I am because I do think like if I give away, <laughs> if I give away too much bread, then suddenly my bread is not worth anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If, if I keep telling you, Oh my God, Ken, you're the best, you're the best. When I, it, 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 it starts to lose a bit of its value and you start to really, if I tell, you know, the next guy, Oh yeah, Bob, you're, 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 you're the best too. Then suddenly you're like, does he really mean like I'm the best? Because he told Bob the same exact thing, you know? Um, but when I tell you like, yo, this is really good, man, it's it honestly feels amazing. And I, because I don't dish out constant amounts of wonder bread, it feels like authentic. It feels like, oh, okay. It, it feels real. And I don't know, maybe that's just me and my Asian background and uh, upbringing. And that's probably how I was raised. Um, that's just kind of how I am a little bit. See, I'm, I'm probably too far on the other end. I'm, I definitely give out. See, but I'm just I'm a pure optimist. So, I in everything in life, I'm I'm an optimist for for better for better for worse. So, I do often get excited about something, and I really do see the potential. It's like we we're talking about. Like I haven't seen a bad movie. I mean, I stand by that. I was really trying to think about. Oh damn it! I didn't do my homework. I didn't watch that Street Fighter movie. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I am gonna do that. Um, so. I but but you're right. I, I do worry that my my praise or my um it's just like expectation setting. Just it's you're right. I've probably already over indexed on um oh my god, <laughs> this is a game changing idea. It's like, oh yeah, of course it is, Kent. Like you have one of those every week. And <laughs> but at the same time, I do think you kind of need somebody like that to like you do need cheerleaders. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I think, but I, at the same time, I, I kind of want to channel more of what you just said there. And I, I, I wanted to ask you a question because you, you, you said something that I think about a lot. And again, we're going to sound like, you know, privileged, uh, dicks or I, I at least will when I say this, but I don't know if it's just a function of, of our, our station in life or, um, my ability to make okay financial decisions throughout my career and like saving some money or whatever. But a lot of my get confidence... crypto money, man. What's that? <laughs> yeah, get that crypto money. Yeah, that's right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but a lot of my confidence comes from a fear of kind of like not worrying about getting fired, if that makes sense. Like 
I I think I used to worry about that a bit more. You know, especially again, like going back, like when I first started working for, when I stopped working for myself and I went to work for companies, like I top hat, I thought I was going to get fired every week because our CEO Mm -hmm. was just, he was just an asshole. Like he just, he just legitimately was a bad people person. And you kind of always thought you were about to get fired. Um, But over the years, I think I've just sort of learned that I do have a, a set of skills that are valuable and... I might, I might get fired. I'm not saying I won't get fired. I could easily get fired from, from Hubba or any company if I don't perform or if I'm an asshole or if I, well, whatever. But I just kind of know that I, I'll be fine. I'll, mm-hmm. I will go work somewhere else or I will start something or I will go back to consulting or I will, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I just have this confidence that I'm, I'm not going to be like unemployable, which again, makes me sound like a total dick because a lot of people are not in that situation. And I, I know how lucky I am to be in that situation. But do you, do you feel any of that? Like, do you, does your, does some of your power of not giving a fuck come from almost a confidence that you do know what you're talking about? And if you kept talking like that and for some reason it didn't work for you at Sego that you could easily pick those skills up and bring them somewhere else? No, I, I, I don't, I'm honest and I'm kind of real in that way. Not for that reason. I'm more honest and real just because that's how I like people talking to me and that's how I just like talking to people. And it's almost like after Sego, after your time is done at Hubba or whatever, you know, the relationships with these people are still the relationships with these people. Mm. And I feel like ultimately if people know that I'm just honest and real about it, I just feel like they'd respect me more and I'd respect them more if people are like that with me. Cause I am like that, but people like that are honest and real with me. I, I, I respect that because I know exactly what I'm going to get. They're straight shooters and that's totally cool. Um, but but no but, but hang on though I think you're dodging my question a bit like let's but let's let's I think again you're lucky though that obviously you know you've got a great relationship with your CEO and and you do know what the hell you're talking about and you're you're great at your job and all that so but let's say that your straight shooterness mm-hmm. started to put you in awkward situations at Sego so what if your mm-hmm. CEO pulled you aside and said hey you know what we're we're not really that kind of company anymore. You know, we're trying to deliberately be really family inclusive and like I think your behavior is kind of you know, basically like you gotta to tone it down a little. You you um you need to self censor a bit more or I, I need you to change your behavior and that kind of stuff. And then you start to realize that if you if you go down this path, you might still you're you're definitely still gonna get the results you want. Like you're professionally your products are going to be amazing and great but you're almost jeopardizing the safety of your 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 job let's say because culturally you're not going to fit in do mm-hmm. like i can't see you bending for sego well at the same time okay it depends because if my ceo is telling me that and it's giving me honest feedback, and maybe people are offended by how I am, then that's just feedback I need to hear, and maybe something I need to improve on. 
mm. because there, there there's a balance to that, right? Like I could be, you know, maybe I don't give a, a ton of bread, but at the same time, maybe I am shitting on things too hard and that's maybe bad on me and that's going to be bad on me here, bad on me in my next job or the next, next job. Mm, that's you know? a good one. Yeah. I like, so, I like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So at the same time, it's just good feedback now. So I, I would, if he would approach me with that, I would definitely reflect and think about it and try to try to understand like what I'm doing wrong and try to improve on that. But if they are kind of moving in a totally different direction where I just completely disagree with, and I feel like I'm not allowed to voice my opinion and I feel like I'm being kind of muted um, and we are going in weird directions, which I just think is stupid or whatever. I'm not allowed to say that. Then I feel like maybe I lost my place here and it is time for me to move on. But but I guess then to kind of pull at the, I don't know why I'm so interested in hearing you say this. I, I just, maybe it's to make myself feel better, but there are some people who might not be in that situation, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got, you've got a kid, you've got a mortgage, you, mm-hmm. there's gotta be a part of you that knows though, that you will be fine without Sego. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I I think uh, ultimately I could get a job doing something somewhere if if it came to that. Um, but I I don't know that I I don't know maybe, maybe subconsciously I I think that but I don't openly think about that I, I don't I don't know. Um, but that's never really all, crossed my mind of like because um, I don't think I have like fuck you money. You know, like that's a totally different ball game of fucking oh, money. Like I'm not even. If, no, no. I, yeah, yeah. We're not even in that, in that ballpark. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, like, I. And again, so I think what where, where I'm trying to explore this is, and this is a. I'm looking at our time here. Right, we should we should start to we should start to wind down because I think I could go on for another like two or three hours about this, but, it you know for me kind of going on this Westworld theme where. And I don't know why it's something about that metaphor, that visual metaphor of of just putting on the black hat really kind of spoke to me when it did. Um, I, I watched it over Christmas break last year. And I, I think that there, there was a part of me that really realized that I'm always the white hat, always. I'm always the optimist. I'm always the nice person. I'm always the one who will give good feedback. I'm always, and I think I realized that I've just indexed too far on that side. And one of my actual like goals for 2017 was to explore the, the, the dark side in a way, you know, like explore the, the, and no, I know it's, it sounds funny, but like I deliberately try to put myself into situations where I am saying things that I'm actually not maybe even comfortable saying like that I would never Mm -hmm. have said before, but I think what I've know what I've what I've come to realize about myself is I'm actually more black hat than I than I probably want to admit and maybe I overcompensated by putting the but you know by being really white hat. So a lot of my behaviors over my life if you were to ask people they would definitely say, "Oh gosh, Ken's white hat for sure." But it could mm-hmm. be because deep down I know that I have a kind of uh <laughs> a swirling dark kind of um, energy that I'm trying to mask with positivity. Does that make, does that make sense? 
Yeah, so you're 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 faking it. Well, some yeah, like I I think sometimes I I I hear myself wanting to say, like I I read you know the I read about Bezos or I read about Jobs and I'm like, yes, <laughs> like yeah, like sometimes yeah. you have to say stuff like this, like don't you? And I I find it much more so at work than at at home profession at like at home I am all white you know like just like mm-hmm. I have no um again for for better or for worse because I think there's a lot of good parenting books that talk about you know do you want your kids to be your friend or do you want them to respect you and you mm-hmm. ultimately want them to respect you you do not want them to be your your friend really like no you don't... no that, that, is that bad angle oh man i was hoping me and abby best of friends right but but you know what i mean right like there there has to be this energy of like no like i'm here because i'm 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 here to bring out the best in you and sometimes that doesn't mean coddling you it means giving you hard feedback that you need to hear and yeah man and i think that um I guess like like when I say like dark energy, that's what I'm talking about. It's not like anything, anything darker than that. It's just I, yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I I think that I'm, I, I'm excited that it's kind of working in a way for me at Hubba where I've I, I'm trying to f- strike this balance where I am being very honest with people and it's not always positive. And mm-hmm. it's having the effect that I was hoping it would, which is it's it's not like people just do what I say or all of a sudden I get my way, but I think it 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 helps me reflect on what I really think is important and it helps other people reflect on what's really important. And somewhere we come up with a better solution than if I just sort of pretended like everything was great, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you know, you, you, I, I think the most important part of it is like you got to be like genuine, you know. And if that, if you are white hat and that's the real you, then that's that's cool. And if you're black hat and that's the real you, then you know, I, I think because being genuine, being real, no one's gonna fault you for that, you know. And it's just this is who you are, and it doesn't seem like you're faking it. Like if I started giving out bread all the time. I think people just wouldn't take me seriously. Right. They, 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 they feel it's fake and they're like, okay, Nick's just saying that because that's just not normally how, how kind of Nick is. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I think everyone has a bit of the white hat, black hat. I, I, it's funny. I, I, I'd say go, um, my, uh, my buddy Colin, he's a lot more cheerleader ish. So he's a lot more white hat. I'm a lot more black hat. And, we work with each other a lot, so we kind of try to hit this middle a little bit. He 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 rubs off on me a bit. I rub off on him a bit. Um, but I think the perfect scenario is someone who can give that hard feedback, but do it in a white hat kind of way. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that takes time to learn. I, there's a couple of people at, at Sego who are really good at that, um, and I'm just amazed when i'm in those conversations i'm listening to them how they're delivering this like bad news or whatever i'm like man so good so 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 good oh Um, man yeah like my my boss is like a ninja at this and i and it's funny because when and i i know when she's like we're we we have such a good rapport now where i call her out when i know she's doing it to me so i can mm -hmm. i can pick up when so she's kind of sandwiching you know like she'll Mm -hmm. 
and, and I know I'm like, hey, you don't have to say that. I know what you're doing. Like, just tell me, like, what, what do I have to stop doing? And then she'll laugh and she'll be like, okay, I think you need to, you know, let go of this thing. Like, just let it go. Mm -hmm. Just stop worrying about it. You know, you're, you're kind of coming on a little too strong. It's going to start rubbing people the wrong way. Just let it go. Trust that it's going to happen and go focus on this thing. And mm -hmm. it, what's great and what I love about it is like, I know she's, she appreciates super direct feedback. So now we just have this very direct, like we had our first very uncomfortable conversation this week. And it's because we're in this really tight crunch. And what we realized is that we were reporting on weekly metrics. So on Friday last week, when she asked me how things were going, I said, things were going amazing. And then on Tuesday this week, she just assumed because I hadn't told her otherwise that things were still going amazing. So when it was time for her to like, you know, do her like exec meeting, I had to pull stats for her and they weren't that great. And mm. she was like, whoa, like I thought things were going great. And I was like, no, that was on Friday. Like it's Tuesday now. A lot's happened since then. And but again, like because we were so we, we just we didn't we didn't kind of pussyfoot around. We just she was like, OK, well, that's not cool. Like we, we can't like something's wrong here. Like and I was like, yeah, and I, I'm frustrated with you right now because why would you expect things to be the same? You know, like, come on, like cut me a friggin break here. Like we just had this very honest conversation and then it was almost like we just instinctively knew what the answer was. And it's like, hey, we need to do daily reporting on goals, even on the weekends. We just need to send one quick email that says, here's our target. How are we? And that mm -hmm. way we'll never be surprised, uh, you know, when a day comes, how, how we're doing. And yeah. that was amazing. And it was like, man, why can't everything be this easy? Like, if everyone is just honest with how they're feeling with each other, you can mm -hmm. really accelerate. Like I could have easily decided not to confront her and we could have had a passive aggressive engagement for the next two weeks, but we chose to kind of air it. It was very uncomfortable and awkward for a good five minutes. And then I feel like our relationship's even stronger now. And yeah. it's the same with Christine and I, like when, you know, we used to be so passive aggressive with each other. I mean, we've, we've been together since we were 15. So we were literally kids when we fell in love and we fell into really bad habits because we were kids. So we were very passive aggressive and immature. And we sort of let that spill over into our 20s and even into our like married life and even sometimes into our kids life. So it's even just been in the past few years where we've noticed that we have a lot of these like bad kind of you know, passive aggressive tendencies and now just being direct with each other. Oh my God. It's like, we, it's like we wasted eight years. Like we could have had so much better communication, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure, man. And the other part too is just, um, you know, I got to ask people to do things sometimes I gotta, you know, God forbid one day, maybe let somebody go or hire people, um, or, ask someone to stay late and help get this thing out. I don't know what. And that's where the respect over the friend thing comes in. Right. And I assume it's just like that with, with kids as Abby's going to get older, it's going to be the same kind of thing. Right. You know, there's sometimes you got to run that hard line and they have to respect you. And, um, if you, you can't be always, if you're passive aggressive with things, you're not very honest with things, then, or, or you're, you're just always trying to be their, their friend, then you're never going to get that. Right. Like you, I think you have to be hard on people sometimes or people have to be hard on you sometimes. hundred percent. 
No, and I, um, yeah, I think, and I think that's the test. Like, I mean, letting somebody go is obviously a very different situation, but mm -hmm. even that can be done with a lot of grace. Um, I had to sure. do that at tilt a couple times and, um, there's definitely like, yeah, there's like good ones and bad ones, but you're, you're totally mm -hmm. right. It all comes down to when you, you know, send that email or have that conversation like, Hey, um, we, we have to get this done by Friday. Like there's no, this has to happen. And mm -hmm. when you get that look of like, fuck you, but okay, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. That's sort of when you know that I think you've done a good job because you, you know, like when my, when, again, when I have so much respect for my boss that when she came to me and literally put an impossible goal in front of me, um, my first reaction was, fuck you, you know, but then I was like, but I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, th that's a very healthy relationship, I think, where it's, you know, there, there should be this kind of, you, you should feel uncomfortable. Your boss should make you feel uncomfortable. Um, mm -hmm. you should be growing and getting pushed and putting, putting yourself in situations where you don't feel great because then you're, that's where that growth lies. Right. So it's yeah. it's a cliche, but it's so true. Like if you're if you're not really pushing yourself, then like what are you doing? Like what? Why are you even? You know, like you should go work for the government, or you should go do, do something different. You definitely should not work in 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 a high growth startup. Yeah, but you know, and also for you guys right now, like in retail space, like most of your business and rev is going to come like now in the back end of the year, right? Like I think in retail, it's like what two thirds of rev comes in like. December probably. Yeah, I mean the, the interesting thing for that is like, um, they do all their like believe it or not, people like the people who are on the ball in retail do all their buying for this time of the year in like May, yeah. May, May yeah. or June. So yeah. like that's actually our yeah. crunch time because they yeah. have to get everything set up. So now yeah. it's kind of a slow time, which is sort of nice because mm -hmm. it coincides with the holidays. So the the retail world kind of dies. So we see it. Sorry, it's it's the busiest from a consumer perspective, but. Mm -hmm. If they haven't done the work planning their inventory and their logistics and their buying and stuff, they're 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 just fucked. I mean, there's no there there's no way yeah. around it. So it's kind of a nice time for us to this is like our retooling and you know, getting things ready for, for January fifteenth, which is kind of the magic, you know, day that everybody comes back from vacation and, and, and gets ready for the year. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um but, but no man, I, I I mean, at least for me, I I think I give out too much bread. And I'm not that I'm going to like start taking it away from people, but I think I'm just going to start to, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to start to ration my bread a little bit. I, I think, I think it's important to ration a little bit of bread, man, or it just doesn't mean anything, you know? Uh, I, and the, you know, and to, to one, one, one point I was thinking about was um, in when we were talking about in the meeting and some, some guy or girls on, on their phone or something are not into it. It's also not necessarily that you have to call this person out because sometimes it's just an indicator that you're fucking up. Yeah. Like, obviously, are they in this room? Should they even be here? Right. Like, are, are you wasting their time? Yeah. Like, you, you probably are. And you, you need to kind of reflect on that. Or is, um, yeah, like, should this is meeting too long? Should I break into smaller meetings? Do we need, like, less people? And so you, you kind of rethink a bit of your process too, right? Like, and use those as indicators and not really as like 
oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fucking rip into this person right now or something. <laughs> yeah, but the, it's more like I gotta rip into myself. Like I'm doing yeah. something wrong here. Right? Oh man, that that's such a great. I love that so much because it's, it's like when you're like when you're giving a presentation, and people are disengaged. That's not that like that's your fault. Like you're not you're not yeah. making this. You're not making this engaging. Yeah. So yeah, that person who's on their phone, like, are you, is this meeting, is it, is it even fun? Like if it's a creative meeting, like, are you actually asking for people's opinions or are you just telling people what they're going to do for the next three months? And like, they're, this is their way yeah. of saying like, Hey, I've got ideas too, but you clearly don't want to listen to them. So, um, yeah, no, I, that's, I, I love that. That's such a great, uh, that's such a great point. Um, See, look at me. I'm just, giving you, I'm just yeah. giving you bread, man. I just gave you a bunch oh, of bread. Stop, stop it, man. Oh, my God. But you give me so much bread. I don't even know if that's real anymore. I know. You never know, man. I think I, I, I got to ration this. I got to ration this bread. I, I, th- I, think we know the, I think we know the title of this. Uh, I think we've got a title. I think it's going to be uh, Rationing Wonder, Wonder Bread is going to be the name of this episode. I think on one of these episodes, we should um, just shit on each other. Oh, I like I, I, I'm actually kind of serious about this. Like, how in, in in the podcast, like, Kent, this is why I think you're fucking up. This is why we don't have that cash for money right now. And you know, same, you should shit on me too. And we should because, like, honestly, I think when we talk about the the even the pod after, we were like, oh yeah, how oh man, this is great. Oh, Kent, you're amazing. Oh, Nick, you're awesome. And I'm like, come on, man. It, I I know I'm not awesome, and you know you're not that awesome. Like when we hear it ourselves, we're very self-critical. But when we're very self-critical, I'm sure you see those same things, and I see those same things as well. But we don't we don't even tell each other that much, you know. We we just handle bread like like it's like a like a food line. Um, yeah, but okay, but but well, I think it's also we're also at the beginning, <laughs> but, but but we're at the beginning of a project here, right? So we're seven episodes in. I think we. Yeah. Okay, what we should probably set a date. Why don't we do Okay, I think we said episode 10 was going to be all about our projects. So why don't we yeah. do Let's do episode 11 then. Like let's do let, let's get to 10 and then do a whole recap of like our projects and then the next episode after that, we'll do like a feedback episode where we <laughs> we just get uh and and you know what? We'll actually well let's ask for feedback from our five listeners too. Yeah. Um yeah. and and we can kind of all you know, put it in. Um, I, I love that though. You're right. Cause we are, we are pretty positive with each other, but at the same time, like I think that if we were, you know, building something else together too, you, at the beginning, you got to keep things pretty positive or else it can start to, yeah, you know, get a little, you don't want it to get too negative. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. But Hey man, I got to, uh, okay. my, my, uh, my, my laundry just dings. So it's, uh, that's the official egg timer for for here. So we gotta we gotta button this up. But uh, but no, this was a great this is great, man. I think uh, I think our microphones sound good, and we'll have a lot of uh, we'll have a lot of good feedback from this one. All right, all right, all right, man. All Peace right. out. Peace out. Talk to you soon.